Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. Boom. And we are back. Flip, let me come back, take my job, hosting the show again, even though the internet wanted me to get Wally Pip. Flip, thank you for allowing me to come back. Once again, I am here. I'm your host. I am Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. We got Nick somewhere around tinkering, trying to figure out some technical things, but we will go ahead and get started. My man, wide receiver one, Miles, how you doing? How you been? I want to think of like a black Wally Pitt. Like what's, what What can we do to substitute that? Like for real. I'm trying, I'll, I'll think of something because I know there's something. Figure it out. There. Figure it yeah. out, man. Figure it out. And of course. Work on it, Miles. Work on it, Miles. And while you're working on it, we'll get the intro <laughs> from the man. We got flipping here. I understand why he was going to take my job if this is the background he had last week, coming in here with the corporate background, the Ooh. bookshelf, oh, Minnesota well, in the background. Oh, this yeah, is how you know Flip's not at home. This, this is how you know Flip's not at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's my library, bro. Flip it's is a, not this bougie. It's the East Wing. Flipping the East Wing, set himself up. <laughs> No ring light for Flip. Flip just went and put it in where he can just sit and bask in the sunlight oh, while we're all hiding from the outdoors. California sun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, let's jump in. Let's get to this thing. And, uh, Miles, I'm going to start with you. Oh, and uh, yep. say what's up Go to ahead. Zay. What up, Zay? Yeah, How you he, doing? He, he ain't saying hi to nobody right now. That kid is. <laughs> and, uh, Miles, I feel like so far free agency has just been a bunch of making you sad. A lot of the dudes Always. you were on here talking to us about uh, a couple of, a couple of weeks back have been signed so far. So I guess Miles talked to me, uh, not just about the players you're upset signed someplace else, but even though Flip will always tell us everyone who spends big in free agency are losers, <laughs> who do you feel is doing well so far in, in free agency? So there'll Don't be worry, we'll get teams. to the Vikings, yo. For, for sure, for sure. I won't say the Vikings right now. I even though I, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are a couple teams, so I think, on one end, a team that's spent, that's spending, but I think they're spending well. I would say the New York Jets. I think them getting Corey Davis and um, uh, how do I drop? I'm dropping the ball already. Uh, Carl Lawson at the prices they got those two guys at. Um, they're expensive, but they're they're guys who are, who still have yet to hit their prime. And they didn't. I don't. In my opinion, I don't think they broke the bank for those two guys. Like I know um, the edge markets was was trending toward like the 18 plus million dollars a year. They got Carl Lawson at 15. Um, and they got uh, Corey Davis for what? I think it was like 12 and a half. It was something really cheap. Yeah, uh, was like 12 a, and a half. 12 and a half. 12 that's, and that's, half really that's really cheap. That's really cheap, in my opinion, for a wide receiver of, of, of his talent, I think. And so, um, and they have and they have plenty of money to spend. So it's not like they're trying to up, they're up against it. I think they're just trying to add talent to their roster. So for me, I think that those are a couple good moves that, um, yes, there were day one moves, but I think with a team that had a lot of cap space, and they just need to add talent. I think those are two really good moves. Um, Flip, Flip talked about this one earlier, and I agree. I think the Colts, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, they're another team that have a lot of cap space, but they're not going out there and just overspending on players. They're waiting back, let the market kind of set a little bit, and then they'll probably make a few couple. They'll probably make a few moves to to address some needs, but they won't overspend on anybody, and they'll probably get the better value for it. And so, um, I'm I'm always impressed with teams that can do that, and the Colts have always shown that. Uh, under their under their current regime, that they could be patient, and they could find talent anywhere. All right, so flip, 
talk mm-hmm. to me because you know off season comes around and we all get very excited about the prospect of making making our team better. He's going to send a text. Better. Sign 12, 12 guys for a million dollars each. Don't make me talk and, uh, about these random NFL teams I don't care about, man. Let's talk about let's talk about the Vikings. No, so flip. As we as we're getting going here, I, I'm bringing you back to the Vikings. You know, every year we get very excited, and as Vikings fans, this year's no different. We're talking about clearing cap space, doing all sorts of things. Miles has his wish list of players that he falls in love with. You tell us to stop talking about Keelan Cole. How are what, what are your thoughts about free agency, generally speaking, and what are your thoughts on the moves the Vikings have made so far? Uh, generally speaking, I think it's been interesting to see the the terms and the lengths of the contracts that have been signed. We knew there was going to be a big opening salvo. We knew the restricted cap situation wouldn't really touch the top tier of the market. But we thought that some of these guys might try for one or two year prove-it deals. But we're not really seeing that. We're seeing four, you know, three, four, five year deals for these big time, big time veterans, which is interesting. The Vikings, on the other hand, went for, you know, some one and two year deals. But the big names are signing for three, four, five year deals. They're going to teams that are able to front load contracts, not back load them. And then I think most importantly, you start looking at some of these contract grades on over the cap some of these free agency grades on the athletic, uh, you know, over the cap has graded 33 of these contracts and only 12 of them got a grade of B or better. So the general consensus is there's a lot of overpaying going on right now. Hopefully the Vikings can remain, you know, a little bit patient. Hopefully those fans can be a little bit patient and we can start seeing value in the, in the next few weeks. And here he is. As Miles said, the man having quite possibly the best free agency period to date. <laughs> and also, I don't know, Nick's coming through with uh, with his bookshelf and his library to rival Ooh, Flip's library. We, we, we might need to have a vote yeah. from the people to let us know whose library is really coming through, coming this. the strongest here. We got oh, the Henley up. versus the hoodie. This oh, is oh, oh. for real. I feel attacked. <laughs> so, Nick, talk to me about it. Free agency. You know, you've you've correctly predicted some of the moves that the Vikings were were going to make here. Most notably, Rashad Hill uh, is, is he going to be starting for us next year? Or do you think this is a good value signing? Talk to me about what the Vikings have done so far, Nick. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to see Rashad Hill being the plan A to start at left tackle this season. I know when they approached Riley Reef last off season, that was the plan was to have. Rashad Hill start at tackle and they do think he's 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 a competent tackle he's not a good one but he's for a backup he's pretty darn good so uh it wasn't exactly the 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 plan a last season and it wasn't the plan a this offseason but I think having Rashad Hill around does give them some comfort in asking Reef to take a pay cut which this time around he rejected and and hit the open market and we'll see what happens there with Reef's contract I think um so Hill is getting a four-year a four-year veteran benefit contract. It's kind of like a souped-up veteran minimum contract. It counts for only a million dollars under the cap, which, you know, considering the fact that he's taking somebody else's place on on the on the salary cap is like 0.3 million, you know, $300,000 of actual net cap space. So essentially, um, I'm not going to say he's free, but he's pretty darn close to it with the way that it works. And so it's hard to see somebody being paid essentially vet minimum 
being in line to be a starter. I think they just see him as really good depth. And if things don't work out with Ezra Cleveland, who might be the plan A, if they don't happen to to bring in another tackle, either through the draft or a trade or maybe even free agency, we'll see. I'm not sure they're done there. Um, I, I think those are all options. I don't see Rashad Hill being retained for $1 million of cap space as uh, anything more than a depth move, really. So I, I, I don't see that as as their their plan going forward, but I do think they're happy to keep him, and they know that he's got some versatility to play either left side or right side. So if anything ever happens, he can step right in, as he's done in the past and has done a pretty good job at it. So I think they're happy and, to keep him. And your point, at one point, Rashad Hill was was plan A. They they let him start at right tackle. They had obviously drafted Brian O'Neill. Uh, Rashad Hill got hurt, and, and you know, it was kind of – and and song there for for yeah. uh, for Hill, but I agree with you, Nick. I think him being a, a a really good. I think I think Rashad Hill's one of the better swing tackles in the NFL. And for the Vikings to be able yeah, to get him at that at that veteran veteran minimum, that type of, of deal, you know, he gets more money, but the the cap hits lower. And we're seeing guys like Kendall Lamb and and no offense to those guys, but like Kendall Lamb and Cam Irving getting like twice or even three times as much as as Rashad Hill is crazy to me. And for the Vikings to be able to continue to get. Rashad Hill back at that cheap of a deal for a guy that if you need him to be your day one starter for whatever reason, like it wouldn't be a catastrophe. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be great either, but no, catastrophe, I didn't, I didn't say know. that. I didn't say it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nick, talk to me about the other signing. Cause you, you in the group chat today, you were going pretty hard in the paint for, uh, for Dalvin, the other Dalvin <laughs> defensive Dalvin. The other Dalvin. <laughs> talk to me about why we should be so excited about this signing. Yeah, I understand the concerns. Like, what's what's the point of having two nose guards in a passing league? Uh, it it kind of doesn't make sense. I will say there's there's a fine line between uh, the different flavors of defensive tackle. Uh, we kind of draw this very hard distinction, and it does make sense between the guy who's getting a double team and the guy who's getting a one on one against against the guard on as a as a three shaped defensive tackle but I I would never say Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson play the same position Michael Pierce is nearly 350 pounds Dalvin Tomlinson is like 315 which is about average for a three technique defensive tackle I think the reason people look at Dalvin Tomlinson and think nose guard is because that's what he was at Alabama and that's kind of what he's been I mean it's been a bit of bit of a mix with in New York but it's kind of what he's been in New York I think and also he's a better run stuffer than he has past rusher however i think if they wanted to let him loose he does have uh, a pass rush move arsenal he doesn't come off the field necessarily on third downs michael pierce you're not keeping a 350 pound dude in the nfl one of the biggest guys in the entire nfl you're not keeping him in there on third and long you could do that with delvin tomlinson though if you want he's he's got he's he's strong he can push the pocket he can bull rush if you leave him one-on-one he will walk guys straight back into the pocket uh but he's also got some quickness. He's got some jab step moves. He's got a swipe rip move. He's got a lot of different things that he can do uh, to win one-on-one and pass rush situations. Um, so I, I think if they want to let him loose a little bit, you could see a little bit of maybe a Kenny Clark situation where he's kind of like a half nose tackle, half three technique defensive tackle, but he's a decent pass rusher. I don't think Tomlinson is is the same uh, caliber of pass rusher as Kenny Clark, but you can see him getting that similar usage. However, I really think the Vikings see this as like a souped up Shamar Stefan, like like somebody who schematically they don't want they don't want a, a, a penetrating under tackle like Geno Atkins. Zimmer wants a guy to control the line of scrimmage, uh, control the run game, take up a gap and a half in the run game, and allow him to play more guys in in the back end in coverage. And that's kind of the value I think Zimmer is seeing here is he's wants to dedicate more resources to coverage, and to do that. 
to ha- to be able to like handle having a lighter box to run cover four, cover two, where the safeties aren't in the fits the way Zimmer likes to. You need to be able to like have really good defensive tackles up front, and you need to have really good linebackers who can fit different gaps depending on how the read is going. And that's what the Vikings have right now with Michael Pierce with Dalvin Thompson. So I think um, if you just look at how much how bad our run defense last year was, and you know just looking at Alvin Kamara's six touchdown game on Christmas. Uh, ruined a lot of Christmases for us. This is a big step up there too. There, I think they can keep him on the field in pass rush situations, or if they want to let him loose, let him. When he can pin his ears back, he's not a good pass. He's not a great pass rusher, but I think he's a pretty pretty solid one. Um, and, and I really think the, the 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 value he brings in the run game allows them to put more resources into coverage, which I think will ultimately make them better, not just in the run game, but also in the passing game. So I, I like the fit. It also keeps them from having to to force a. a drafting a defensive tackle. Shamar Stefan was probably the worst projected starter at three technique in the league. So this is a major upgrade. I mean, Dalvin Thompson, unless you consider Leonard Williams uh, a defensive interior player, some people consider him an edge rusher. This guy was the best guy in the market. So huge upgrade from Shamar Stefan, similar type of player, but the huge upgrade at the position, big position of weakness. I'm not saying there aren't question marks left on the roster, but I think when you look at the defensive line today, it looks significantly better than it did when it was it was Pierce, it was Hunter, and then it was a couple of the worst starters in the NFL. Now you just have one of the worst projected starters in the NFL. So more work to do, but I do like the signing. I think cap space-wise, it fits. They got him for kind of cheaper than he was projected to go. So I think it makes a lot of sense in a lot of different ways. Still have to feel out how the fit works necessarily come week one. So Eric's not here, but first I'll say shout out to Eric for his wonderful piece on Pro Football Focus about the importance of having stout defensive tackles, defensive line who can help you stop the run and how that affects the entire defense. Like Nick said, allowing you to throw more people in coverage. So, you know, that's a check for Eric, even though he's not here. But then, you know, the other side of that goes, like Flip said earlier, and Nick also reiterated again just now, RIP to all the Christian Barmore, to the Vikings at pick 14, and all those other things that we were seeing in Eric's pro football focus analytics mock. So no more of that. No defensive tackles in the first round. Get that out of here. So sorry, Eric. You win some, you lose some. Flip. What are your thoughts on Dalvin? Because you were mentioning you were kind of seeing him as a player that like, yeah, this this is almost an every down player for us, the way that you were maybe envisioning how the team was going to use him. Yeah, I think Nick put a great summary together. I think the only thing I'd add in thoughts on Tomlinson is it really is about fit and the rotation they try to establish. So anyone who's just trying to view this as, Michael Pierce doing, you know, playing a thousand snaps at nose and Tomlinson playing a thousand snaps at three technique. That's just not how it works. We have to consider, you know, we we definitely have two stout guys for rushing downs and for rushing situations. You can plug Pierce and Tomlinson out there and expect to get much better results than the 30 than the I think it was 30. 32nd or 30th ranked rushing defense in the NFL last year. So that's an immediate fix. But on passing downs, it really also is about being able to move Tomlinson to nose and asking ourselves who is that pass rushing specialist three technique that comes in? Is he already in the on the roster as a, you know, a Hercules Mataafa or an Amon Watts or a James Lynch? Or are they going to go back into the mid rounds of the draft? and add some pass rush power there. 
But again, not, not just just looking at the whole composition of fit, it really would be cool to see Tomlinson next to a younger pass rusher along the interior. Well, so for All right. one thing that oh go ahead, go ahead, Jason. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Miles, I was actually just gonna throw it to you. Uh I was gonna ask you if you were hearing anything, anything else, any rumors, anything that we should get out mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I also wanted us to get back to, to Vikings. Jerome asked us a question a little bit earlier about Oliudo stepping in on the offensive line. So I wanted you to, you know, holler yeah, at Vikings. Jerome, coming in on the comments. And then uh, also just, is there anything else you're hearing? Anything that we should be, and anyone else we should get our hopes up about to only be made sad <laughs> about it later on? Um, well, I'll start with uh, the um, pass rush situation on the interior. I know, um, I think it was Rick Spielman talked about it uh, with PA the other day. Um, with Stephen Weatherly, that you know they, they view him as a guy that they, that can rush the passer from the middle on uh, on pat on uh, third down situations and, and those things uh, and passing down situations. So that's something that we've seen we've seen the Vikings do before. Um, so maybe that's a situation where you put um, Dalvin Tomlinson and you slide him over to nose where Weatherly comes in at uh, three tech, and you have a DJ Wanham or I don't, if maybe they're going to bring in another edge rusher, a vet edge rusher. Who knows? Who knows what their plan will be here, but. Um, I would expect probably, I mean, they, they like to have at least four guys. So whether it's the draft or whether it's, um, in free agency, I, I'd expect the Vikings to, to add another edge rusher. Um, but, uh, I'm not, I haven't heard anything else, um, as of late in terms of who they're interested in. It sounds like Keanu Neal, um, Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was the other names? Will Parks is a name that's been out there for a while. Um, those are the top, I think three names that like defensive back that seem to be, um, in the market, the Vikings are in the market for to fill safety cornerback, um, and depending on the price, maybe they could fill both, which is a a, a big need for for the, this team to kind of like fill out the rest of the defense heading into uh, into the draft. Would be adding a corner and a safety. Yeah, and so I guess of those names, who do you like the most? And like with them, maybe approaching the wait and see, looking for some value. How are you feeling about the way they're approaching the offseason thus far? Yeah, I should start. Anthony Harris is also in that mix, too, it sounds like. Um, I'd say Anthony Harris is obviously the most expensive one. So that's the hard part is do you feel one guy or do you feel multiple? And I'm, I'm very much thinking they're at a point where they should probably fill multiple holes rather than just continue to go with the big fish. Um, Anthony Harris, you know, love him. I think if they can get him back at a reasonable deal, that'd be great. But overall, like if they could get a Keanu Neal or a Will Parks, at a cheaper rate and go out and get another starting corner. I think that'd be a more impact impactful way to help your defense than to just add, add Anthony Harris. Um, but if they found a way to do Harris in a cheaper corner, sure. Um, we we got to so stop letting Miles say so yeah. many names though, because every time Miles says a name, they end up, they end they're up gone. we don't get them. You're right. I'm out. Miles, you get one more name. <laughs> I'm not saying another name. Um, well, those are the names that have been that have been out there. So, like, um, you know, just just re-reporting the, the names you've heard from guys like uh, Darren Doogie Wilson. Um, who else? Uh, ben Guessing, I think, has said it. Uh, a few other people. I'm sorry for misquoting anybody, but um, what do I call reasonable for Harris? That's the tough part. Is the safety market's in such a weird spot? So you got a guy like John Johnson who, in a normal year, probably would have got more than eleven and a half a year. Um, so he was probably the best uh, safety on the market. Harris is probably right below that. And we also saw Rayshon Jenkins for uh, the Jaguars. He was the char- he was former Charger. Jaguars signed him. I think it was like three years or four years, thirty six million. So he got like nine and a half. So like, 
that's a little that's that, for where the Vikings are currently at. That's probably a little too rich for what they should be for what they should be doing. Um, so they probably couldn't get Harris. I wouldn't want Harris back at those type of type of deals, in my opinion. And uh, uh, flip, yeah. what Vikings Jerome said we need right. to be putting Anthony Barr at three tech. Comments? <laughs> no. No, Jerome. Uh, He's a little skinny for that. <laughs> put on, my, put on I, 50 pounds. <laughs> my view on Harris is uh, it's really, again, it's term. It's like if we could if we could lock in Anthony Harris for three years, find a way to get that done, that'd be an amazing get by low on a guy who we know is more capable than what he put on film in 2021. So that's kind of like the bargain, the value kind of search that I'm trying to look at. Uh, I, I know we got uh, some other comments here. Viking Jerome also talking about Oli Udo starting on the offensive line and Richard Sickles talking about, you know, if we keep Daniel Hunter, who is that fourth? Who do, who do you want that fourth edge rusher to be? Are we trying to build a monster all-star defensive line or are we okay with just a role player across from Daniel Hunter? And we're broke, oh. so we're probably taking a role player across from Daniel Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have I mean, no they, money. They kind of have them. I mean, it's all about what they think of DJ Wanham, and it's all about, you know, obviously they feel comfortable enough with Stephen Weatherly for him to be in as part of the rotation. Um, I, I understand Nick very much was upset that they didn't tender a Fadio Denebo. Uh, I'm not saying I disagree with that. I, I always just knew – I at least expected – when they gave Weatherly the deal they did, that oh, that might might have meant Odenabo was gone. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have changed those priorities, but it is always kind of leading that way. Yeah, I thought they should have brought both back. I mean, you know, both guys I, help you, but it seems they didn't I mean, want to do that. Or maybe it also sounded real yeah. quick flip. And it also sounds like mm-hmm. Odenabo was also open to a change of scenery. So maybe Odenabo was like, "Please don't tender me too." Like there could have been some of those conversations as well. We don't know that. Yeah, to me, Wanham and Weatherly is enough. And by themselves, no, they don't say anything special, but it just goes back to the question. Are we trying to build a top five defense here or are we trying to build a top 15 defense? I think I know what Mike Zimmer would say, but yeah. <laughs> if, we're, if, we're trying, if we're trying to build a top 15 defense, then uh, you've got Michael Pierce coming back. You've got Dalvin Tomlinson now. You have Daniel Hunter coming back. You have Eric Kendricks coming back. You have Anthony Barr playing a full season. And then you have your young secondary taking another step. Hopefully you add a depth safety to all of those guys coming back and you can get a top 15 defense. So I'm not trying to build an all-star team in, in the NFC North. I'm just trying to get a functional defense that can prevent teams from scoring 25, 30 points a game on us. And then, go look back at the offense, figure out what Ole Udo is going to do for us. So Nick, I need you to talk to me now about um, the player on offense that, that seems to, to, to bring down the most anger from Vikings fans. And I'm not talking about Kirk cousins this time. So don't worry. Not going to make you defend Kirk yet again. I'd like you to talk to me about Sean Mannion because he, he really, he, he, he seems to make Vikings fans very upset uh, you know, the word is, you know, we're, we're, you know, maybe a competition, maybe Mannion just holds it down all on his own this off season. Uh, why do we keep re-signing Sean Mannion? And as, uh, our man, the unit said, 
are we going to get a real backup quarterback or is or is it Sean Mannion forever? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Backup quarterback, I feel like you either have to be really good at it or you have to really suck at it <laughs> because you don't want to be like have a mediocre backup because that just if your starting QB goes down, that just locks you into eight and eight and you don't want. Now, if you're starting QB goes down, I'm sorry, but it's either a wasted season or you're going to try and case Keenum 2017 it and spark some magic. So I feel like it's either a position you, you want to have somebody who you feel like, like a Nick Foles type, you could go on, you know, if your starting QB goes down and you're in the playoffs, you're not screwed. Or it's a situation where uh, if your starting QBs go down, well, then it's a lost season. But hey, at least you'll get a top five pick coming out of it and maybe find a new franchise quarterback out of it. I don't feel like it's like the old the old quote where Gruden asked Tom Moore, like if, if Peyton Manning went down, like, like, why don't we give the the backups more reps? <laughs> and the quote is, I'll, I'll, I'll make it PG, th- PG for the for the audience. But it's, you know, if. If Peyton goes down, we're effed, and we don't practice effed. So um, <laughs> I don't know. Sean Mannion is like people see him. He's been pretty mediocre in the preseason, but it's like you know we're talking about fifty snaps here, and they're judging his performance and you know everybody else, all the other backup QBs on like two thousand snaps in in preseason. So I feel like people can get latched on to like, oh man, he was not very good in in week two of the twenty nineteen preseason. But it's it's like that's such a small sample size to like base uh strong feelings about it about. So and I know they 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 rave about Sean Mannion's ability on the whiteboard and like, dude, it's a it's a vet minimum contract. So it's not like you know, it's it's not really costing us any money. It's just a matter of like, are we are we squeezing out opportunities for the young guys? And I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm fine with. I'm not going to get mad about it. I guess you know, if Kirk Cousins goes down, I would like us to dra- have like a top five pick and draft a new quarterback. So luckily, Kirk Cousins, you know, knock on wood, has been like ridiculously injury prone his entire career. So that maybe that's another reason to not invest too much. But for like a team. Um, who would like to maybe, you know, upgrade a quarterback in the long term, would like to find a new one who would um, who doesn't have the cap space to like have a premium backup quarterback. I think it makes sense to just, you know, keep the familiar guy who's almost kind of like a like a like a, a substitute QB coach the way they talk about him on the whiteboard. So I'm fine with it. Well, <laughs> Teddy's a familiar. I mean, the comments are saying Teddy's going to be to play the greatest. Yeah. I love Teddy, but he deserves more than vet minimum. <laughs> Yes, give Teddy some credit. We've seen seen Case Keenum. We've seen Teddy. Who else is in there? That's that's the thing, though, is the Vikings don't have the cap space to go out and sign and put resources into the backup quarterback position in free agency. Now, I've always been a Mm -hmm. proponent of going out and drafting somebody in the mid to late rounds. At least, at least every other year, if not every year, the Vikings don't do that. So, if they're not going to do it and they're not going to put resources into the backup. Sean Mannion's fine. Like, what do, what do we care who the backup is then? Like, to everybody else's point, if your starter goes down, you're screwed anyways. So changing that to – instead of it being Sean Mannion and you go get – I don't you name a backup quarterback. I don't know. Christian Ponder, there we go. There we go. Bring <laughs> back Ponder. Yeah, how do you how do no. you think Kirk would handle no. Teddy as his backup quarterback? How how How, how – how, how do you think that would go? Would we have a repeat of, uh, of Wentz and uh, oh, Wentz dude, situation? Kirk, Kirk would handle it just like Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> set the set the league on fire, right? 
<laughs> the cane would be right? so short for Zimmer if Teddy were his backup. Teddy, Zim would find any excuse. Cook <laughs> would never make it past that week two interception frenzy. He always goes, he always goes on it. <laughs> yeah. Teddy's his boy. Always will be. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, Flip, I know you don't have players that you that you fall in love with, but I want you to tell me, based on what you've seen thus far, I know beforehand you were saying, you know, find me maybe a cheap guard or cheap corner or something else. They've made some moves. They, those have not been the moves we've seen thus far. Is that still what you're hoping for? Do you think the Vikings maybe actually have a plan and are going about things differently? Because you've also looked at things in the past and said, it kind of feels like they're just making it up as they go. Based on what you've seen so far this offseason, does it feel like there's a cohesive plan at play? With the Vikings, or does it still feel like scattershot panic moves that you're seeing from the team thus far? I mean, I see a cohesive plan. It's typical Mike Zimmer. I need to fix my defense. I'm going to fix my defense first. I don't care about the offense. I mean, the comments are are nailing it on the head. Oli, people are asking about Oli Udo and if he can start, okay? The offense looks like trash right now, especially compared to 2020. It looks like crap. There's no Riley Reef. There's no Kyle Rudolph. Um, we haven't done anything to to make our receiving core better. We don't know who's going to play guard. We don't know what position Ezra Cleveland's going to play. We don't know how much we should pay Brian O'Neill or where he, he should play. So we don't even know some key things about the best players on the offense, more or less how to supplement them and bring in talent around them. It's just entirely defensive focused right now. Look, I love the Rashad Hill signing, but we clearly need more. And outside of just just Joe Thune pipe dream that wasn't going to happen, there there is the the clear plan is that the offense has taken a backseat in an offense driven league. So great job for developing a bad but cohesive plan, Mike Zimmer. <laughs> two two points two points I want to make flip. Um, we might not know who like where Ezra Cleveland and Brian O'Neill are playing, but they do. They don't know. They don't know. They say they're they're saying they're going to kick the tires. Well, they don't know. I mean, look, we're not in the meeting rooms. I mean, so all I'm saying is like they at least have contingency plans. They have ideas of what they're going to do. It's not like they're just having a blank canvas and saying we'll figure it out. Like, yes, there. It's it's a fluid situation. That's that's for sure. I agree with that part. I I think it is fluid in that if they go get if they find an upgrade at left tackle. Ezra will stay will stay at guard. I think that's true. I think if they whether it's in the draft, trade, what what have you, I think that's going to happen. If they don't, then I, I think maybe we'll still see an opportunity for Ezra Cleveland to be the left tackle. You know, I don't. You know, we we don't know that, but like I think them keeping it fluid doesn't mean like they don't know. I think they're just trying to keep their options as open as possible because there are a lot of scenarios that could happen. So but at yeah, the same I don't, time, they are they, they are talking they, they are talking to guards like they aren't ignoring right, the yeah. position and they do right. some there are still a couple of like not like Pro Bowl caliber but like very solid starting guards who would be massive upgrades over Drew yeah, Samia right. or Dakota Dozier last yeah. year. So uh, it's still I think this was always the plan all along on on the guard situation was this has never been a position where Spielman likes to invest a lot of money or draft capital into. And I think he's right to do that. I think you want to invest in the tackles and at least in a wide zone scheme, have a center who can make the really tough run blocks, but you don't want to invest massively at the guard position. And they're, they're waiting 
you know, you're never going to get good value on the first or second day of free agency. They're waiting for guys to be like, okay, I guess this is the best offer I'm getting. I'll go to Minnesota where at least, the, you know, <laughs> they'll love me because of, because of who I have to replace. So I, I, I think Doogie's thrown out Trey Turner. I think he's thrown out Gabe Jackson. Both of those guys would be pretty huge upgrades. Trey Turner um, has a little bit more injury question marks, but when healthy, is like a massive, massive upgrade. So, I, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> Vikings Jerome uh, is on fire today. I do think they're not done yes. yet on, on the guards. I agree. No, no, I don't think they're the, done. The and maybe, maybe they don't know is too strong of an opinion, but look, it is clearly taking a backseat to the defense. And on both sides of the ball, we have to remember that the issue with the 2020 Vikings wasn't just about key starters and key positions. There was also a huge issue with depth. So when you talk about, you know, letting a fadey walk, not resigning Brett Jones. Shut up, Ryan. All, Ryan. Not even in <laughs> Not now, Ryan. <laughs> oh, I, I promise you they're picking the tires can we kick on somebody out. Can we kick Ryan off? <laughs> David, get him out of the chat. <laughs> you know, like. I think you, I was looking at, uh, not to cut you off, Flip. I was looking no. at, like, the PFF pass blocking grades. And if you limit it to, like, the 50% pass qualifier, a 50% snaps qualifier. Dozier was the worst pass blocking guard in the NFL. And if you go to like the 20% snap qualifier, Samia was the worst pass blocking guard in the NFL. So it's, it's really bad. Only, yeah, uh, the deeper the pool, the worse it gets. But like my point yeah. is like, look on the defensive side of the ball. In the middle of all this free agent frenzy, the Vikings are like, you know what we need? We need a third linebacker. And they rush out and they get depth because they know they need it on defense. But on, but on the offensive side of the ball, there's just no attention to those depth signings or just there's not the same amount of urgency. So Wait, that's all I'm saying. I know the depth signing know on signed. offense, Miles. Interesting. He's been, he been yeah. killing me for saying that. Interesting. <laughs> for guard, so yeah. That wide receiver, would that would that be okay, but, Flip? No, because apparently uh, yeah. wide receivers not yeah. important enough. In, in, in the best wide receiver draft of the last five years that's where you get your wide receiver depth and i also think that's where you address uh offensive tackles because the draft class is strong in those areas but but what the vikings have done if they they looked at linebackers and they said you know what we don't see good depth at linebacker amongst these rookies let's just sign a cheap one and they're doing the I same thing i don't agree with that i don't agree with that at all okay. so here's the thing okay fine don't I, agree. the reason i say that the reason I say that is because the Vikings have always invested in their linebacker depth. Always. Like, it's always something they do. They do it with running back. Running back and linebacker, the two positions, they're content, like consistently putting resources into. Whether I'm not saying it's always, like, significant resources, but they're always putting resources to those positions. Like, yeah. what you know, so they're always adding to those rooms. So, no, it's not – I don't think they signed Nick Vigil to a million-dollar deal because – they think he's better than any rookie they could get in the third round. I think they brought Nick Vigil in because he's cheap and he knows the system. Okay. What? What do you guys yes, think they do at, at speaking That's of depth great. positions? What do you what do you guys think they do at wide receiver? And would you prefer it's really interesting seeing the wide receiver market <laughs> shake out? It seems like everybody knows this draft class. Let's go. Seems like everybody knows this draft class is going to be really good, so they're like hesitant to hand out contracts. But at the same time, I feel like you could get some some pretty nice like 
nice bargains in free agency if you Didn't waited out that. a little bit. So, so you guys it. think they you guys think they should go out and spend on a wide receiver three or think they should address it in the draft? Oh, flip. <laughs> go flip. ahead. Go ahead, Miles. Go ahead. <laughs> I I literally I I've, I've literally said this. I think they should do both. I have no there's no reason that they like if they can get a guy that's a quality depth player at wide receiver for cheap, there's no reason they shouldn't do it. Like here's the reason no, they that should does not, not mean, do it. So no, no real quick, on, Flip. Keep... Like real quick. No, real quick. So bring Chad Beebe back at a veteran veteran minimum or go get a guy that's better than Chad Beebe at, at a little bit more than the veteran minimum. I like I'd rather go get the the slightly better than Chad Beebe player, like at a slightly higher rate. Like that's fine. Like if Keelan Cole comes up, I said three, I think three million was like my cap. Like okay. with the way the wide receiver market is right now, Keelan Cole is better than Chad Beebe, but he's also okay. your primary returner. And that's a position that that's been a, a, a big issue yeah. for this team for a long time. So I think if you can kill two birds with one stone with a guy like Keelan Cole, who can help you in multiple ways for a cheap rate, I don't see the problem with that. Okay. Flip. Yeah. The, the problem with it is that even if you get a free agent wide receiver at $3 million, that's three times more expensive than rookie receivers are going for right now. And those rookie receivers are outproducing the current, the current, like what veteran receivers have done over the last three years. And we're heading into the best rookie wide receiver draft class yet. So why would you spend an extra $2 million when you don't need to, of course you can find returners in in the draft as well so from a from a risk standpoint you're paying three times more for the same amount of risk and if your answer is to do both then i would tell you to just get two rookie wide receivers because again the risk is less there you control them for four years instead of one or two years and you're paying less money Oh, Stephen B disagrees with you, Flip. Sorry, Stephen B always disagrees with me. I love <laughs> I feel it. Like, I love I'm, it. I'm okay paying out a little bit in free agency for wide receiver three because you know the the old adage, you know, you draft for need or you draft for upside, and you and you sign free agents for need. I feel like wide receiver three right now is a big need, and and punt returner right now is a big need. And if you can get a bargain contract and go from below replacement level to a little bit above replacement level, that's probably worth it. And still go ahead and draft receivers who you hope will be better than like a cheap wide receiver three down the road. Um, but you also don't have to rely on yeah. them like KJ Osborne. Like you have to fill that. No matter what, we're gonna we're gonna try it, even if they're muffing punts. Like you don't want to be in that situation either. So I feel but like it's what worth I, trying to plug that hole. What I'm saying is the rookie wide receiver can plug that hole just as well. That's how good rookie wide receivers have been. They've I'm averaged a, a rookie when we tried to. I mean, don't you get a veteran like, that you've evaluated against NFL players and seen what they can do? Isn't like certainty a bit no, of what you're no. playing for well, there? Because I'm the asking, risk like, honestly, like, is because the, the draft is a crapshoot. If we Most if rookies we could, suck. If you if you could assume that veteran wide receivers have been pr- producing better, but in this case, veteran wide receivers have not been producing better. So so here's my analogy. Let's say that your wife sends you to the store to get a bag of fruit, and I'm I'm, I'm you all better take notes on this analogy because there's going to be questions afterwards. <laughs> your wife has sent you to the store to get a bag of fruit. And you get to the store 
and you're like, crap, I forgot which bag of fruit my wife wanted me to get. Okay. I hope you're all following. So let's say to solve that problem, you're going to get two bags of fruit. No, you don't have a phone, Miles. Stick with the analogy. You, let's say you get, you're, you're going to get two bags of fruit. Let's say you're going to buy a bag of apples and a bag of oranges to make sure that, you know, hopefully one of those fills the need that you have, the bag of fruit. for. So what you do is you buy a $10 bag of apples. We're going to Whole Foods. $30 bag of oranges. California Go home. Club. Go home. Your wife says, thank you. fruit, man. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for getting me this bag of apples. So the, the $30 bag of oranges was just insurance, right? Because the, 10 bo- the $10 bag of apples, which is the drafted wide receiver in this scenario, was all you really needed to get. And that's what you're trying to do with these free agent wide receivers. You're paying for uh, an expensive bag of oranges <laughs> When you could have just bought two bags of apples, Ryan, you just figuring out to flip as a baller. Yeah, I'm back. Let them see the background. Ryan is is Ryan. You just now figuring out. Look at this. Flip is in his library right now as we record this episode. Of course, flip is a baller. Get it right, man. Get it right. Stop. Stop paying for these things that you don't (laughs) need. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> oh, I think the point was we need to stop paying for things we don't need, especially when we can get them need. for cheaper they, and maybe get more more from them out of the draft. But there's a lot of maybes yeah. in that sentence as we're saying it. No, there's no maybes. That's what I'm trying to say. There's tons you're of evidence. A guarantee. You're, you're telling me there's a guarantee a third or fourth round pick is going to outproduce a guy like Akilah Cole. You're telling I'm me that saying, that's like a, I'm saying a that if you don't think a third round pick is going to outproduce a Keelan Cole, your insurance for that third round pick should be another third round pick because there's guys like Terry McLaurin out there who are doing work who were came in the third round. There's guys like <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. There's guys like DJ Chark. They're they're bursting out of the seams in the draft right now. And you, I know you got you got rookie wide receivers that you <laughs> like. So I'm trying to say, take two of them. That's all I'm saying. Flip. We've talked. So this is this is where, this is where our disconnect is. Spend two of our zero a, second round picks. <laughs> right. We don't have any second. Terry round picks. Terry McLaurin was a third time. round pick. Sure, I'm not telling. I'm not saying that they shouldn't spend a day two pick on a wide receiver. I'm telling you, they're not going to spend two at wide receiver. Well, they I'm never, telling you, this, they should. But they're not going to do it. So they're not going to sign a free agent wide receiver either. So what? What? what, What's the point even talking about this? What's the last free agent wide receiver they've signed? Tajay Sharp. That minimum. They've done it every year. That minimum. Four years. That's still signing. If they could get Keelan Cole for the vet minimum, why would it's a waste of money? It's a waste of money because all of these vet minimum wide receivers have been blowing the crap. And so why not get a rookie wide receiver in a strong rookie wide receiver draft class and control those rookies for four years instead of one you're year? You're telling me that they're but so there's a difference between telling me what they should do and what they're what they're actually going to do. And that's where I that's where our disconnect is because I like to yeah. at least start looking at things of like what I expect them to do. And do I expect them to draft two wide receivers on day two or like a third and a fourth round pick? Not in a million fucking years. Because they don't do it. 
They haven't, Why they haven't expect them to sign a vet there goes PG rating. Wide receiver. <laughs> if it's about expectations, then we both we expect them no, to we do the, no kids the worst option year, okay. possible. <laughs> we expect them to do the worst option possible at wide receiver. So we agree on that, Miles. We don't we don't want to disagree on what we expect them to do. We disagree on what they should do. <laughs> no, I didn't say they shouldn't do it. I said that I don't expect them to do it. I don't see them doing it. Hold on, put See? it back up there, David. I'm Look, trying to read. Andrew knows. Andrew, Everybody gets Andrew. the analogy about the two people I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you oh, want to be standing on this fucking kiwi, Miles? Kiwis are language, Miles. Language, Miles. All right, so we've made it through the signings. Like we've gone through story time with Flip. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to cover before we get out of here? We're almost at the top of the hour. Have we made it? Is there anything else? Who's the next player? Actually, no. Miles, what's the next position you accept, expect the Vikings to sign? DB. I, safety or corner. I'm not, I don't know which one, but I think it'll be one of those two positions. Flip? Expect? Yeah, expect. DB. Because Mike Zimmer gets what yeah. he wants. Zim told it. Zim told it. So this is why I'm not like, I'm not surprised by the Vikings approach. Because Zimmer literally came out and said, I was very satisfied with the offense did in 2020. That told me everything I need to know. It said, "It said Andrew was rolling it back with everything we had and I mean, not the changing the damn thing." Good, isn't he right? No, yes, yeah, you think the offense is going to be just as good? Next no, year? I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's literally what I'm trying to say. <laughs> is his idea that they'll just roll it back and do the same exact thing and nothing needs to change and it doesn't need to improve? That's the issue. It's I'm saying when he said that, that, it just it just meant it just meant that they were going to focus on on defense, and I was like, oh, I'm not surprised. Zimmer was How embarrassed. Yeah, I think wide receiver and some of the other markets Ooh. are taking their time, and I feel like we're starting to see the cornerback market shape up. Um, so I could definitely see. I, I, I guess I would see one of the like the cheaper cornerbacks coming in soon. I'm not sure about safety necessarily because it feels like that's kind of weird right now, and there's there's. We've seen a couple guys get signed, but there's still a lot of good safeties left. Um, I imagine they'll they'll probably hit a go or no go point soon with Ant Harris, but I don't know if they're going to have the money to bring him back. So, like, if if they eventually sign Will Parks, I'm not expecting that soon. But if they sign like Mac Alexander, I could see that tonight or tomorrow or something. So, yeah, I'm going to go corner. All right, we finally have something that everyone agrees on. Before we get y'all out of here, uh, head on over to the Climbing the Pocket Twitter page we got a new contest going on march madness is around the corner sign up for a chance to win some monies hundred dollars to first place 250 dollars to first place if the youtube channel gets to a thousand subscribers before the end of the tournament tell your friends get them signed up make some picks win some money fun for the whole family gentlemen thanks for coming through Viewers, thanks for all of the awesome comments. Makes this <laughs> one every week. Andrew, thanks for joining in on Story Time with Flip. It was it was good times, <laughs> fun for the whole family. <laughs> and uh, listeners, if you're listening to this at a later point in time, you should be a viewer next time. Come join us. It's good times. It's fun. Yell Subscribe. At us. <laughs> ring the bell. Yell at us. Do all those things. It's a good time. And that's it. That's all, David. Ezra is probably not going to play left tackle. Also, play the music. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. 
And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Go, everybody.